0: All right, folks, we are running, hold on one second. Ah, technology! Come on, man. Come on, what are we doing here? There we go, all right, here we go. <laughs> all right, guys, hey, what's up, everybody? Let me know, uh, this is, I guess, one of those audio days, people. Welcome, welcome, if you're team live. <laughs> it's been a minute since we had audio issues, but welcome to the show. Let me know if you can hear me, please. Let me know if you can hear the music playing. Yeah, rebooting would help, but uh, unfortunately, we're not doing that, so yeet! It's all manual sound effects today. Please let me know in chat. (laughs) Let me know if you can hear me. Let me know if you can hear the music, please. All right, here we go. It's manual sound effects Wednesday. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. It is May 24th. It is Worldwide Wednesday. It's episode 373 of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Brief Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Ozier, And over the next 45 minutes, me, you, Left Coast Nick Barker, Gary Sturgiatis, Richard Diring, Jeff Watalla William Welch, Taekwong Gong, Kerry, all those folks who are on LinkedIn, Jamie Fleck from the great state of Massachusetts are coming in hot And so many others of the Simply Cyber community are going to be shredding the top cyber news stories of the day. And I'll be giving my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. So how can you operationalize it at work this week or next, you know, strategically uh, as you're planning for Q3. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, believe me, whether you're IT right now and pivoting over, whether you're working, you're listening to this show in a piece of heavy equipment, waiting for like a load of material to come in and you're like, Oh my God, I just, I want to break into cyber. Believe me. There's value in this show for you too. We're going to cover topics. We're going to be talking about current events. We're going to be using terminology. Occasionally I dig into a specific topic and explain it further. So you can really, you know, reconcile it and, and add it to your, your knowledge base. Okay. Also manual sound effects. So, Hey, <laughs> oh, wait, wait, uh, wait. So, yeah, I just played that uh, sound effect. I didn't hear it. So, wow, it's a manual sound effect day. Good. All right. Before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks. See him in chat right now. Eric Taylor over at Barricade Cyber Solutions and the whole team over there. I want to tell you about them because they're dedicated not only to the cybersecurity community and helping those inside of it, but also in helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues. When I say massive, I mean you don't even have basic IT functionality at your business. You cannot send email. You cannot turn your computer on. You cannot do work. That is what I mean when I say massive issues. I don't mean like, "Oh my god, this network's so slow." Uh, no, I'm talking like, "Go home because there's no work here for you." That kind of massive issue, okay? This not only upsets the workforce because now you're like am i getting paid here but it also sends the business owners into turmoil because all of a sudden they woke up on a wednesday morning and they aren't making product they're not making revenue and that's scary but guess what y'all barricade cyber solutions they know exactly how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents and how to respond in a swift manner in order to get the business back up and running at least in a uh, like business continuity perspective until you can deal with the threat actors get uh, get that systems quarantine uh, not quarantine get the systems like purged from contagion and then back into a good known state so check them out at barricade cyber that's a bit of a long read for barricade cyber but you know what they're doing great work and they warrant a long read i also want to say shout out and love to panopsi security i was talking to brandon pool just yesterday for a hot minute Phenopsi Security is a great professional services cybersecurity company. Jerry, I'm new to the industry. What do you mean by professional services? What I mean is they are knowledge workers. They have the skills, background, experience to come in and do cyber work. What kind of cyber work? Well, specifically quantified risk assessments. They can come in, sit with your business, talk to your business leaders and your different staff, general counsel, CEO, head of IT and go through the people the process the technology what your workflows look like how do you get new accounts what's your cloud footprint look like how much are you spending what controls do you have in place right i know it sounds boring if you're not into it but if you are into it it totally makes sense and it's like yeah give me some of that when he's done he'll hand you a report that tells you statistically what your likelihood of suffering awful um cyber incidents are and what you can do to fix it it's totally to- it's not cheap okay like a quantified risk assessment is an investment for a business but you know what it does do it informs you in a way that is incredibly valuable gary sturgiatis <laughs> for the super chat what did we just become best friends yep thank you gary sturgiatis i'm glad i can uh manually sound effect myself up here <laughs> All right, y'all, and then obviously XM Cyber. but We'll talk more about them at the mid-roll. I want to remind each of you, um, this is a special episode because I don't normally do manual sound effects. Each episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Briefing is worth half a CPE. So be sure to say what's up in chat. Hashtag Team Live if you're here live with us. 161 of you catching the stream. Ms. Julian, <laughs> loving the sound effects. I appreciate that, Ms. Julian. Um, Y'all, if you are live, hashtag team live. If you are on replay, hashtag team replay. I spent a few minutes on the coffee this morning going through, engaging with team replay. I see you out there, Alaska. I know it's early in Alaska uh, for that individual who was messaging me through the comments. So hashtag team replay. If you're catching this, if you're a regular on team replay, let me know in in the comments that you're a regular. I'd love to start identifying who those folks are. Just like team live's got some really great um well most all of you are regular uh good ones but uh arian Segetti in the house way to go arian good to see you i hope to see you in vegas my friend all right guys also uh team hybrid right if you're a hashtag team hybrid kayla sturgeon what did we just become best friends yep thank you for the super chat kayla thank you for the opportunity to manually sound effect this baby up um hashtag team hybrid if you got here late uh, or you have to leave early, and you're going to catch part replay, part live. You are in that special. Um, what do they call that? Those people who are like cr- uh, across generations, Cuspers. You are a hashtag Team Cusper <laughs> today only. Um, and then finally, if you are um, uh, if you're shy, socially introverted, my favorite hashtag Passive Observer. Uh, some people call them lurkers, but I think that has a negative connotation. So hashtag. Um, passive Observer in chat. Take a step into the light and start networking. It's so cr- incredibly valuable to network uh, with, with professionals. You know, Jamie Flack, what's up? You know, I, I know Jamie from way back in the day. He's new to the Simply Cyber community. I see him in uh, the morning briefings here on the regular. Uh, good to see you, Jamie. Say what's up, uh, Jamie, if you would. Hashtag Passive Lurker from Pac-Man BP. Good to see you. All right, guys. Now, I got to tell you, I am super pumped up. I am super pumped up for Worldwide Wednesday. Um, We're gonna blow out the copyright, obviously, because that's what's going on here. But let me show you, if you're new here and you don't know about this, this is gonna be wicked fun, okay? Oh crap, you know what I forgot to do? I got so distracted with my soundboard being out, I actually have to pin this chat here. So give me a second, chat's gonna come in. Uh, Let me pin, oh my gosh. Oh, let me pin it. All right, all right, so I just pinned that chat, guys really quickly worldwide Wednesday. And I really appreciate ACI learning. I've been working with them for a couple months now and just really great people. Like I really like the people at ACI learning as well as the content at ACI learning. Great company. I'm actually spoiler alert. If they're watching, I'm actually going to be asking them later today if they'd like to do more work together, because I, I really, I was reflecting on it this morning. I just really like what they're doing anyways. IT Pro TV, now IT Pro from ACI Learning is presenting worldwide Wednesday. They are the international online training solution that professionals in audit, cyber, and IT turn to for binge-worthy content. Use promo code simply cyber30 to get 30% off your first month or first year. You can see it on stream here. I also want to point out if you are a teacher, first responder, or US military veteran, you can get 60% off. So as much as I would love for you to use my affiliate codes, (laughs) right? I'm more interested in you saving as much money as possible and getting access to this great content. So uh, I don't know the code for the veterans and um, first responders and stuff like that. So you'd have to find out on your own. But if you're not one of those people and you do want 30% off, consider using Simply Cyber 30. Check it out. Again, I've taken their course content. It's fantastic. I'm actually streaming uh, tomorrow, I'll share that at the end, um, it, jaw jacking period, if you guys uh, remind me, I'll be happy to share that tomorrow for a free live stream around kind of why there's a boom in the GRC space and why it's going to get bigger. Um, but let's do Worldwide Wednesdays. If you're new here, what we do is every single Wednesday... I uh, ask everybody to let me know where they're coming from because I love seeing how widespread, how international, how inclusive, right? It's not just a buzzword for corporate speak. It's literally what we're living here, how inclusive we are internationally. So let's do it. Let me drop this down to about two minutes so we don't do six minutes of Worldwide Wednesday. Here we go, guys. Tell me where you're at, let's do this. Mods, let's get ready. Where are you at? Columbia, South Carolina. Ian Kincaid, my second month in the cyber industry. So excited. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. All right, hold on, no super chats right now because I got to do this. Kingston, Jamaica. I'll have to find Jamaica later. Columbus, Georgia in the house. U.S. online. Jersey Shore, I see you dirty, Jersey. What's up, Texas? Hey, Florida. Massachusetts coming in strong. Colorado, I love the Rockies. What's up, Michigan? France in the house. Thank you, France, for bringing Europe online. Hey, Casey in hot Atlanta. Port Angeles, Washington. Yeah, Nick Barker. It's been a minute, huh? Come on, Newport, News, Virginia. I see you, VA. India's in the house. We got Asia online coming in hot. Philadelphia, city of brotherly love and insane, like, intense sports fans. Greece online. Yeah, Greece, thanks so much. What's up, Chi-town? New Mexico coming in hot. Charleston, South Carolina. I love some low country, Ashland. Columbia's in the house. We got South, South America online. Turkey in the house. Middle East online. Come on, someone said South Africa. All right, there we go, Africa in the house. Do we have our Australian friends? Canada's in the house. What's up, Maple Leafs? Sunbury, PA, Turkey's in the house. We already got you, Turkey, I see you. Rhode Island, the great state of Rhode Island. I love me some Michigan. UP, the UP representing. Poland, Columbia, England. There it is. Barbados, India, Nigeria. Nigeria, I got you, Nigeria. Barbados, Australia, Alex Goodwin coming in hot. Wow! All right, guys, we nailed it. We got 30 seconds. We'll keep pulling. Algeria, we got massive African influence today. Schenectady, up in here. What's up, UK? Oh, Additon Benson, you picked a good day for your first day on stream. Omaha, Nebraska, I hear Peyton Manning yelling you out. Omaha, Omaha. Lithuania, where you at? Oh, my God. You guys came in hot. I don't even know where Lithuania is. I'm trying to get it. Bulgaria, Romania. This map's too small. Uh, you know what we need? We need the Carmen San Diego map and I can run around and put the pins on the floor. I Lith- Oh, there's Lithuania. Oh, no, that's Latvia. Lithuania, where you at? Where are you at? Oh, uh, it's so hard. All right. Guys, San Diego, Ethiopia in the house. Look at this. All right. So we did it, y'all. Okay? We did it. Uh, I miss Colombia. I mean, Colombia's in here, but I, I hate to admit that. I don't know. Yeah, I got Colombia already. Uh, guys, we crushed it. Nick Barker, this is what you've been missing, my man. Guys, we crushed it. I'm actually kind of surprised we didn't have more Asian um, representation. Pakistan's usually up in here. Um, Philippines, Vietnam. But anyways, Trinidad, Tobago. Guys, I really, really appreciate all of you. Worldwide Wednesday. Uh, Again, this is my favorite segment of the entire week. It just shows how awesome the Simply Cyber community is, how awesome each of you are. And I absolutely love crushing it when we get it. This is two weeks in a row. Congratulations, everybody. We are, we're we're, we're killing it. We're killing it, y'all. All right, let me do this. All right, now it's time for the news. So... What I would love for you to do is sit back, find a cozy chair, maybe get a cup of coffee if you're this guy, right? And let the cool sounds of the hot news wash over you in an awesome wave. I'll see you all at the mid-roll.
1: From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines. It's Wednesday, May 24th, 2023. TikTok sues Montana after state bans the app. On Monday, TikTok Inc. filed a lawsuit challenging the state of Montana's new ban on use of the Chinese-owned app. TikTok argues the ban, which would take effect on January 1st, violates First Amendment rights of the company and users. The lawsuit also argues the ban intrudes upon matters of exclusive federal concern and violates the Commerce Clause of the U.S. Constitution. A spokesperson for Montana's attorney general's office said the state is, quote, fully prepared to defend the law that helps protect Montanans privacy and security, end quote.
0: Yeah, so this is no surprise um, that TikTok would do this. Even when they passed the law, we covered it in the morning news. um, It does seem like a bit of overreach. Also, um, I actually, you know, either in co- either in chat or in the comments or in a conversation with my wife, or, or maybe all three, uh, it, it, it I I was I was told or I learned that this only affects the instances of it being in the app stores and stuff. Like if you already have it installed, you you don't have to uninstall it. This is a very difficult thing to enforce. Um, I don't think there's criminal charges. It's a civil. Uh, law, so so it's it's complex, right? And now TikTok's obviously suing. Uh, understandably, I might want I I want to uh add a couple things. One, um, this isn't really a cybersecurity story, although I guess it is tangential. Um, okay, well, all right. So the, the user's First Amendment rights, but TikTok's the one kind of driving the bus here. Thank you, BSEC. Here's my thing. One, TikTok is very well-funded, probably with a fleet of lawyers, right? So they're not going to go gentle into that good night. That was a Rodney Dangerfield um, back-to-school reference, if you are picking up what I'm putting down. Second of all, um, TikTok is obviously highly motivated to set a precedence with this and I uh, because if they can successfully argue this in Montana, any other United States, state will have the precedent will already be set, right? So you'll you'll be able to build on that. Uh, so this is this is interesting. I, I kind of wonder if um you know senators got together and were like, hey, which state in the US is is or most likely or the Republicans got together and which state is most likely to be able to defend a TikTok First Amendment onslaught kind of attack and, and went with Montana because there's a couple other states kind of driving towards this, right? Uh, but we'll we'll see. Um, again, this isn't really a cyber story, so it's just more of an interesting story. Um, yeah, here here is the uh, the actual concern, right? Chinese government using it to harvest data on Americans, spy on U.S. citizens. Uh, I've heard people who will remain anonymous um, suggest that. You know, the data that is being harvested will allow for creating digital twins, uh, kind of like virtual versions of individuals. Um, that would be very believable and very accurate. And then you could go ahead and then, you know, weaponize those digital twins. Uh, that's a little bit of a, ooh, that's a little bit of a hot, hot speculative uh, tinfoil hat, uh, gold foil hat. But we'll just run with that. Anyways, That's not really a cyber story.
1: U.S. sanctions orgs behind North Korea's illicit IT worker army. On Tuesday, the Office of Foreign Assets Control, or OFAC, announced sanctions against four North Korean entities and one individual for their involvement in illicit IT worker schemes and cyberattacks. OFAC said North Korea's scheme relies on an army of thousands of IT workers who use stolen identities, fake personas, and falsified documentation to get hired by companies overseas. While located in China and Russia, the workers are funneling their earnings to fuel the Kim regime's weapons programs, including its unlawful weapons of mass destruction and ballistic missile programs. The list of North Korean entities sanctioned includes Pyongyang University of Automation, the Reconnaissance General Bureau, or RGB, the 110th Research Center Cyber Unit, and the Qinyang Information Technology Cooperation Company.
0: All right, so there's a couple things going on here. Um... Okay, there's a couple things going on here and like immediately I'm confused um as to, you know and I usually just so you guys know if you're new here or you didn't know this, I do not review these stories before we go live. So I am seeing these and absorbing these exactly as you are for the first time, all right? Uh yeah, there really is a lot to unpack here. So, here's the deal. Um you as a bus- a US business, right? Remote work, it's all the rage. Everybody loves themselves some remote workforce. And you may be unlikely, I don't even know if it's legal, um, but you you may be unlikely to hire a North Korean to work for your business, right? Like, let's say, let's pick a business who's in, Nick Barker, he's got, um, Nick Barker is doing digital surfing, right? A completely fictitious thing. Left Coast surfing with Nick Barker. And Nick needs help desk people, so he hires... Um, some people on uh, you know up ups, up upwork or fiverr or something like that, and they they here's the deal: North Koreans are pretending to be other people, or they'll get proxies to like you know get on paper and stuff like that. But then the North Koreans are actually doing the work. This introduces two issues, all right, two issues. And again, using Nick Barker's Left Coast Digital Surfing Shop, one. You're, you're basically, you know, funding North Korea, which is not something that you want to do in the first place. And two, who whatever that individual has access to, right? Like North Korea essentially has access to, right? So you've got a true insider threat. Now with Nick Barker's digital surfing company, maybe it's not a big deal. But if you are, let's say Northrop Grumman, Booz Allen, Lockheed Martin, right? say you're a downstream manufacturer who makes the ball bearings that goes into the M1 Abrams tank, right? Do, Do you see how just one quick step away from, you know, a business that's not super critical can become a business that's super critical? And now you have an insider threat into it. And to me, that's the bigger risk. Now, the argument being made here is that North Korea is doing this to fund their regime. So, like, you know, if you think about it for a second, North Korea is, I mean, they're like a third world country, okay, that wants to be treated like a first world country. And they don't, they've been sanctioned to the moon. So they don't have any imports or exports, right? Most of their population is poor or in poverty, right? So if they don't have imports exports if they don't have any resources or any product that the world wants or is able to buy because of economic sanctions they need to get money somehow in order to buy weapons right the only way north korea is treated like a first world country is because they have a nuclear capability the only reason they have a nuclear capability is because they can buy nuclear weapons the only reason they can buy them with no gdp is by stealing money so normally they're using lazarus group to do crypto uh hacks and crypto attacks and stuff like that but taking the money from bitcoin or or cryptocurrency I'm a crypto evangelist i love it i love it i love it that's a fin frock sound effect if you are new here i am not a crypto evangelist but north korea is unable to transfer cryptocurrency into actual hard currency guess what i don't know any weapons manufacturers or like nicholas cage lords of war but i will tell you excuse me i will tell you one thing people who sell nuclear missiles do not take crypto bitcoin you can't, buy, <laughs> you can't buy an intercontinental ballistic missile with Bitcoin. What you can buy it with is straight cash, homie, right? USD. And in order to transfer Bitcoin that they stole into USD, it's incredibly hard. And it's getting harder and harder and harder to do it. In fact, they're only able to get about 50,000 out at a time. And it's, it's painful. Read um, Andy Greenberg's Tracers in the Dark, and you'll get more information about this now. In order to get more USD to fund their regime, they're having, employ- uh, they're having citizens get jobs. So, like, I mean, it's a, it's kind of funny and such a, uh, like, kind of a slow play and kind of desperate. But basically, they're forcing their citizens to get jobs, and then they're taking the salary of the citizen and giving it to the country. It's, it's, it's basically white collared, um, servitude. Right? I, I, I'm reluctant to say slavery, but like it sounds a lot like that, it, you know, like you will do this job and all the benefit you will give to me. I mean, that sounds just like the definition of slavery. So that's, what's going on here. Um, and I guess if they get enough of them, they can, you know, at 300 grand, I don't know where these North Koreans are working and getting $300,000 salaries. Like they're talking about. Cause, um, I would like, I would like a $300,000 salary. That would be pretty cool. Um, But anyways, that's what's going on here. If you're interested in learning more about this, there's been multiple episodes of Darknet Diaries um, that touch on different parts of this. But uh, one story did involve like the guy interviewing. So like a North Korean guy came on, said his camera didn't work, really awkward interview, couldn't answer questions, took minutes to respond to questions and stuff like that. So they're not doing a very bang up job of getting uh, through the interview process, but for some reason, it's being, it's being regarded in news as a major story. So just you know, be mindful of that. Again, this is a cyber story in the context of insider threat, I would argue, right? So make sure you have good background screening. Make sure you're thorough. Make sure that you're... This one's really hard to do, but privileged access management or permission-based management, i.e. don't give everybody, everybody
1: access, give access to what they need. Fake games on Twitter briefly spooked the stock market. This week, a fake photo, some speculate was created using generative AI, surfaced on social media and appeared to show an explosion near the Pentagon. The fake image was shared by several Twitter Blue accounts, including a post appearing to be associated with Bloomberg News, reading, quote, large explosion near the Pentagon complex in Washington, D.C., initial report, end quote. The false reports were picked up by other media outlets, including major Indian network Republic TV. Just moments after the image began circulating on Twitter, the U.S. stock market took a noticeable dip with the Dow Jones Industrial Average falling about 80 points for about 4 minutes but fully recovering several minutes later. Similarly, the S&P 500 went from up 0.02% to down 0.15% during the same period before returning to positive. Though the impact was brief, it's likely that some people lost and gained a lot of money during that time. It's also noteworthy that the main vector that made it possible for the image to have even a slight impact is the use of the faux Twitter blue verification checkmark.
0: How is that? Okay, I'm going to get a Twitter checkmark. Like, the, like, wh- why are we putting any stock in the blue checkmark now? Like, you literally pay eight bucks a month for the blue checkmark. All the checkmark means now is that you bought it, right? Are, are people Did people fall asleep? Is it like a collective of Rip Van Winkles out there that like fell asleep before Elon bought it, and now, like, <laughs> they're like wake up and they're like, oh, look at all these verified check accounts. All right, so here's the deal. Um, the 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 deeper story, <clears throat> excuse me, the deeper story here is that, uh, using AI art art like Mid Journey or uh, Stable Diffusion, you are able to really really develop, um pretty good art pretty quickly. In fact, there was a recent political ad. I think it was a pro Republican ad, kind of like poo-pooing on Biden. Um, and it used all AI created artwork in it. So it had, you know, riots and, you know, all these different things. I guess some photo went out around an explosion on the Pentagon. People in our society right now, especially in the United States, People in our society are like so quick to to like oh you got to hear this like without even like doing an iota of investigation or research it's like like the retweet button is right there it's like super easy right so people get you know what do they call this um like it's not anger culture but there's like there's like this like a uh, word to describe people who like flip out like just based on the headline without doing any level of like, due diligence on what you're talking about. I forget what it's called. But anyways, obviously, that's what happened here. Um, Two things to take. One, not surprising that, like, a uh, Russian propaganda uh, Twitter account, uh, Russian State Control News retweeted it, um, and the thing took off, okay? The other impact is that the stock market dipped and went up. So if this was 1985, and the movie Wall Street was out, and, you know... you know, indigo steel loves blue horseshoe or whatever it is, or blue horseshoe loves indigo steel. You could manipulate the stock market. If you knew what you were doing in order to get a quick, uh, a quick score right now, I know most investors are playing the long game and they don't go for these quick dips, quick hits and stuff like that. But look to this, the fact that this happened could be an indicator that somebody outrage culture. Thank you, Mazug. Maz Mazhug. um, like, I could see this happening again, okay? Especially as we get closer to the election, the U.S. presidential election. I don't think, like, you know, Biden wearing, like, a a gimp outfit with a ball gag or something like that, talking about, like, you know, he was seen in some weird situation, is going to cause the stock market up and down. But you can easily see how quickly and how easily it is to spread misinformation, um, The only thing you can't control is how quickly it gets picked up and shared. Uh, Final thing I want to point out, um, obviously, a a, a picture of the Pentagon getting hit that's faked. Um, That's not, you know, obviously it says it was easy to tell it was AI. But like, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but AI is is, as complex and as magical as it is. It came up with the flaming donkey um, graphic for us, right? Our, Our Simply Cyber's APT. It can't figure out fingers. Have you noticed that? Like, you'll say, like, a picture of Arnold Schwarzenegger, or the other day I was doing, like, Christian Bale as Rocky um, versus Tom Cruise as as Ivan Drago, right? I I was, like, messing around. And, like, they have, like, 12 fingers or, like, 30 fingers. Also, teeth are all janky, right? I don't know if you guys have noticed that, like, it doesn't do fingers or teeth well. Anyways,
1: let's keep rolling. Biden nominates new head of NSA Cyber Command. President Joe Biden has tapped Air Force Lieutenant General Timothy Hogg to serve as the new chief of U.S. Cyber Command and the NSA. The two organizations have shared a leader since the Pentagon launched Cyber Command in 2009. Hogg will replace Army General Paul Nakasone, who is retiring after serving in the same roles for just over five years. Hogg has served in a number of senior roles at Cyber Command, including the head of Cyber National Mission Force, Director of Intelligence and Deputy Chief of Joint Task Force Ares, and he also oversaw the creation of the 16th Air Force, the service's first information warfare entity.
0: Wow. Okay, so you know, one thing that I do love, okay, so just so you guys know, also – um We've, we've crusted down to 268 people, 270 people, but we were at 278, which I think is a new record for Simply Cyber. So thank you very much all for setting a new record, especially on a manual sound effect day. Uh, do hit that like button. One thing that I absolutely love um, is succession planning and clean Uh, like transfer of power. And I just love it. Like anytime a business doesn't have their crap together and like someone leaves, it's like super disruptive. And then there's like a six month, like national search and HR and recruiters. It's like, come on, man, like the United States department of defense, they've got it in aces. And look at this guy, Lieutenant general, um, be my little. So he's a three-star general, um, which is like pretty pretty awesome, right? I think four stars only happen in like Time of War, right? Or maybe that's five star general. Whatever, three is super high. This dude, I don't know his background, but he's gonna be in charge of the NSA, which, as you guys know, is the tip of the spear um, when it comes to um, offensive cyber operations with the United States' uh, new White House cybersecurity strategy that released a few months ago. The United States is taking a more proactive approach in hacking back, basically dismantling cyber threat operations, which means to me, when I read that, it means the NSA, even though the FBI, CIA are going to be involved, the NSA is going to be very involved, if not Um, you know, like when, when the United States cyber capability to dismantle foreign threat actor operations forms together, like Voltron, the NSA is the head. Okay. Yes. The FBI is the green left arm and the CIA is the red right arm and stuff, but the NSA, they're the head of Voltron. And if you don't know who Voltron is, Google it. Okay. (laughs) I do make a lot of eighties references. Okay. It's the original anime. So, anyways, way to go. The NSA is awesome. Um, you know, this to me is just succession planning. Uh, if you're interested in learning more about it, definitely check this guy out. Um, who's who's coming in? Uh, Timothy Ho. He is a uh, Air Force guy. I know Air Force is heavily involved with um, Space Command, or what is it? Space Force. Which, by the way, most people think it's Outer Space Force. It's not. It's Cyber Space Force. That little bit lost in translation
1: there. And now, a word from our sponsor, Sunrise Security. Did you know that 81% of breaches are due to compromised identities? It's a sobering statistic and one that enterprise organizations cannot afford to ignore. Sunrise Security has made a name for itself by securing enterprise clouds from the inside out, securing every identity, access, and permission in the cloud. Download Sunrise Security's new Ciem Buyer's Guide to learn more about fortifying your cloud from the inside out at sunrisecurity.com. That's s o n r a i security.com.
0: All right, hold on one second. I have to ma- <laughs> I have to manually uh, find uh, Simple Minds. Um, don't you forget about me? Okay, on the mid roll, we do this every day as well. And this is the full version, y'all. All right, guys. I do want to thank all of you for being here. We did set a new record: 274 of you awesome people live in chat. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for a thank you for a uh, a record-setting day, and thank you for uh, just reinforcing the fact that you know manual sound effects, automatic sound, or. Board sound effects like it's it's all about good times. It's all about the show. We get it done However, we can take a minute hit that like button obviously many of you are doing it because we are setting records on um, On on stream count right now, so that's super cool Thank you again to the stream sponsors for enabling me to be able to deliver this show every single day absolutely free to you Barricade cyber Pernopsi, as always and then my good friends XM cyber XM cyber um, Let's see, organizations are overwhelmed with thousands of exposures across cloud and on-prem environments on a monthly basis. So efficiently reducing risk is almost an impossible task. Discover the most critical threats and practical tips on how to overcome remediation fatigue with a new approach to efficiently reducing risk with XM Cyber's 2023 State of Exposure Management Report. Link in the description below. Just, you'll see it, click on it, download it, if you're looking for some great intel, if you're looking for some great statistics to throw into a brief, uh, help with um, budgeting, right? We're getting close to budget. I mean, it really has already been budget season, but you can do it. It's good times. Dig into that report. Uh, please uh, click on that link and uh, help yourself out. Guys, I want to thank all of you. Again, the newsletter is tur- currently on... Um, the. the, the <laughs> The newsletter is currently on hiatus, but we will return. Guys, we have set a new record with 287 of you people here right now. This is wonderful because I want to tell you about the hashtag Simply Cyber Community Challenge. This is a community driven initiative to build your own personal professional network, to be able to have value, to give into a community, to take from a community and if you are not sure how to network professionally, but you know it's important, this is how you can do it. Get started, right? Um, currently on the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, I'm I, I'm I'm at I'm drawing a blank on who currently holds the baton. Let me look really quickly. Do 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 do. Hold on one second. I should have done this before, but I was distracted with my soundboard. All right, ready? Simply Cyber Community Challenge. Thanks, Kimberly. Uh, David Bollinger, Pellon. So David Bellinger, yesterday on uh, LinkedIn, I saw the post, I didn't get a chance to read it, uh, posted his cyber story and used the hashtag SimplyCyberCommunityChallenge. Look for this hashtag on LinkedIn, connect with the people who are posting, connect with the people who are commenting, you yourself comment on the posts, which means people who find it will then connect with you. Why? Why, Jerry? Why all these connections? here's the thing if you build a professional network on linkedin of like-minded cybersecurity professionals who are into supporting into inclusion into sharing resources into sharing tips you will build it you'll surround yourself with great people and build a community then when you're have a cool thing that you want to share you can give it to those people when you're looking for work or someone has a need for a job they're going to look within their community first believe me Thank you, Kimberly, for 15 great months. All right. Pellants tagging Ms. Julian. Ms. Julian, always a regular on the stream. So, um, Alexis, please accept. Thank you very much, Alexis. So, go ahead and post your cyber story on LinkedIn and let us know. All right, guys. Thank you also very much. Um, let's get back into the news. I can't have a smooth transition because... Um, <laughs> Because I'm doing it through Spotify right now.
1: Golden Jackal targets governments in the Middle East and South Asia. Flaming donkey. APT actor named Golden Jackal has been conducting targeted attacks on government and diplomatic entities since 2019. The APT focused on a smaller number of entities in Afghanistan, Azerbaijan, Iran, Iraq, Pakistan, and Turkey, likely in an effort to stay under the radar. Golden Jackal is using .NET malware to control victim computers and collect information, take screenshots, steal credentials, and exfiltrate data. The threat actor has been spreading a fake Skype installer and a malicious Word document via removable drives. The malicious files were observed exploiting a vulnerability named Felina just two days after a proof-of-concept code was made public.
0: All right. So So a couple things here. One, uh, this is a great case study on you know, really focused threat actors. Okay. So we spend we spend a lot of our time on this channel in our threat briefings talking about ransomware and lockbit and Royal and Vice and Medusa and, you know, all these individuals. And that is cyber crime. And they're basically like, they'll rob anyone anywhere, anytime, right? It's like, you get ro- get your Oprah emotes out, right? You get robbed, you get robbed, you get robbed. Well, you need to recall that there is another type of, I mean, there's actually several types, but there's another major type of cyber crime or cyber criminal. And it's highly sophisticated. It's highly targeted. And it's usually mission-based, like objective-based, right? So it's not, you know, spray and, you know, spray and pray that you hit something worth something. It's hyper-targeted. Now, these individuals, uh, Golden Jackal, uh, are targeting government and diplomatic entities in the Middle East and South Asia, okay? Turkey, Pakistan, Iraq, Iran, Azerbaijan, Afghanistan. These are the individuals getting hit, and they're being hit very limited, like precision strikes, Okay. Now, I, I don't know what their objective is, looking at their targets of who they're targeting. I don't quite know who the threat actor would be. Um Iran, Pakistan, Afghanistan, these are adversaries of I guess NATO or, or you know, <laughs> United States. Um so, you know, I don't think I don't think it's the United States uh, honestly. They're calling it Golden Jackal which This is, as far as I know, this is a um, Mandiant Fire-Eye naming convention, uh, which typically would indicate that it's a Middle Eastern threat actor. Uh, This area of the world is not my forte as far as being able to, you know, uh, uh, shooting from the hip tell you what threat actor or what else they've done. But um, if you are representing any um, systems or networks in these countries, and you're watching the stream be mindful that there's an uptick in activity you should be looking for these uh type of iocs Dude, .NET malware isn't impossible it's not you know it's not old school or anything like that so be mindful of that but here's my thing first of all it spreads using a fake skype installer bro it's 2023 like it like are we even using Skype anymore? Like you couldn't get a link installer to, to date myself a little bit more? Like I thought Skype got acquired and then like stripped out and made into Microsoft Teams. So I don't even know like who's falling for this. Second of all, malicious Word document that is exploiting the Felina vulnerability. Remember Felina is the vulnerability that exploits the um, like Microsoft um, uh, like... Debugging functionality, or like reporting a vulner like reporting a bug to Microsoft, it's something to do with that. It's very much like a macro vulnerability, but Microsoft basically stifled the macro vulnerabilities, and then Felina popped a couple days later. So, I guess it's kind of disappointing to me because I'm up here every day flipping out about like we gotta you know you know, man the wall and, and protect all these things and be mindful, look out for Carl, educate your staff about these things. Like, Felina is maybe a year old, six months at least. Um, Skype installers, like, you shouldn't fall for that. Like, that's so old. Um, but again, they they work and they continue to work. So, you know, be mindful that even something that's old can still be effective. And it's important to know, and this is kind of a lesson learned for people who are here that are new to the industry or looking to break in. This is one of those things that you won't learn in a textbook or a boot camp or whatever. But you need to keep this in mind, okay? This is something important to take away. Whether you're a sophisticated threat actor, whether you're just a petty cyber criminal or whatever if you have access to like leet zero days and I can multi chain exploit and I can, you know, zero click, take over your iPhone and stuff like that. That's wicked cool. And everybody loves that. And that makes for a great mission impossible story. But at the end of the day, you've got to remember, they're just trying to take action on the objectives. If the objective is to steal a document, steal your credentials, steal your money, ransomware, your box, whatever the objective is, it doesn't matter to them. The threat actors don't care. They don't like give each other high fives for like how sick they exploited your box. They they just care did they did they achieve the mission? Did they succeed on the mission? Right? Which which means that if you can trick someone into downloading a fake Skype installer and then exploit a Felina bug. It's not sexy, it's meat and potatoes, it's blocking and tackling, but you know what? It's successful, and they're going to continue to do that. So the TLDR here is, you don't need to be looking for the sickest, awesomest things ever. Take care of fundamentals, and that's why we call it defense in depth. You're raising the bar, so the, you know, whatever, tier tier three, tier four, or tier one threat actors can't get over that hurdle. Make them
1: burn their zero days, okay? All right. SuperMailer abuse bypasses security for supersized credential theft. According to Tuesday's report from CoFence, a high-volume credential harvesting campaign is using the legitimate German email newsletter program SuperMailer to blast out phishing emails designed to evade secure email gateway protections. The campaign has snowballed and accounts for a significant 5% of all credential fishes observed in the month of May so far. The campaign is casting a wide net, hitting numerous industries including construction and consumer goods to utilities, financial services and technology. Supermailer is a desktop software that can be downloaded for free or a nominal fee from a number of sites including Cnet. Industry
0: All right, so I'm curious about this. So let let this is, I'm going to take a minute and talk about this um from a like a educational perspective, okay? So, phishing has been a massive attack vector for for years for good reason, right? It's very easy to get in front of many 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 potential victims. Carl, like, you know, if you're new here, Carl, there's an emote for it. Carl is basically like your typical end user who's not thinking about security, they're just trying to do their job and get home to their family and they fall for these things. So if a threat actor can get in front of Carl, their chances of successfully compromising them are higher. Now, there are, because phishing is so well known, there are technologies called secure email gateways. Cofense is one, Proofpoint is a very popular one that's wicked good. Office 365 has an exchange online protection. This is part of the reason why Microsoft, besides straight cash, homie, Microsoft wants you to move exchange up into the cloud. Okay, so secure email gateways—they block a lot of the fishes. There's tons of telemetry, which which is like basically uh, intelligence that they can leverage to say, "Hey, we're seeing we're seeing people report that this email is a fish." So any other of those emails that come through our gateway. Will get blocked automatically. Think of it as like the post office, but instead of just like, where's it go? It goes there. Where's it go? It goes there. You actually have someone who looks at the letter and says, like, oh, this thing, this, this thing smells bad, like in the trash. This thing smells bad in the trash. This one smells pretty good. Hands it to the delivery person. The delivery person goes, okay, it goes here, right? It's like an extra step, but everything goes through that choke point of the email gateway, which is why you don't see as many fishes uh, anymore. And why, when they do get through, it turns into a whole thing, right? So in this story, they're saying that there's a service called super mailer, which is somehow, whoo, what is this? A John's zero seven with the $20 super chat, um, manual sound effect. Hey, y'all. What did we just become best friends? Yep. Thank you so much for the super chat. So, um, the super mailer is somehow getting past these email security gateways and it's accounting for 5% of all phishing traffic worldwide, which is not, you know, that's a material amount of fishes, right? I mean, there's millions of phishing emails every day. So 5% of them is coming from this. What I will say is because this story came out yesterday and it's, it's now known to me the major email gateways, your proof points, your exchange online protection are definitely um, adjusting and accounting for this particular um, threat and likely have already kind of nerfed it. So we are probably going to be fine, but it is worth noting that a secure email gateway is not a bulletproof solution. It's not a silver bullet, okay? You need to, A, you can rely on their own... um, (laughs) Hold on one second, Nick. Uh, Actually, hold on. Nick Barker's celebrating 12 months. One year as a Simply Cyber squad member. Um, Okay, hold on. Uh, I'll work it into the stream. So you've got to remember that, yes, the uh, proof points and stuff have like your basic policies, but you can go in and you should go in and customize some additional policies, some additional stringencies. You should check what's getting caught, what's not getting caught. And you should enable your end users... To be able to report fishes proactively, enable Carl, Carl, enable Carl to be able to help your cyber mission by reporting fishes. right? It's a great capability. Exchange Online Protection has a native uh, plugin for Outlook that you can leverage, okay? Oh, my pleasure, Nick Barker. I appreciate that. I love all the Carl emotes too.
1: So anyway, yeah, security middle gateway. If you don't have one, who <laughs> really should invest in one? The sector faced highest number of ransomware attacks in April. According to the NCC group, the volume of ransomware attacks remained at record highs, with 352 attacks in April, the second highest month on record. Lockbit 3.0, Black Cat, and Beyond Leon were the top three threat actors, combining for 58% of overall ransomware activity in April. Meanwhile, ransomware as a service provider, CLOP, reduced their activity by 98% from March to April, likely due to patches being applied to the GoAnywhere MFT zero-day vulnerability. North America was the target of half of April's ransomware activity with 172 attacks, followed by Europe and then Asia, coming in at 24% and 10% respectively. In April, industrials was the most targeted sector, accounting for one-third of attacks.
0: Okay, couple things. One, great work, NCC Group, since I'm uh, nine minutes over the stream already. Uh, apologies to NCC Group and Base Case. Guys, uh, real quick, NCC Group does do great work. So if you see a report from them, uh, definitely worth checking out. Let me see with this report, right? Cyber Threat Intel Report. Looks like it's only nine pages. I actually may print this out and uh, consume it myself. But uh, there's a couple... There's a couple businesses or entities inside of the information security world that releases Intel reports. Um, Like Verizon Data Breach Incident Report is awesome. That's coming out, I think, June 6th. That's an absolute must read. Um, NCC Group does great, great work too. Uh, I also like like Google Project Zero and um, uh, ESET is good. Anyways, uh, shout out to NCC Group. Uh, Two things to point out. Um, the most active threat actor was Lockbit, Black Cat, and Beyond Lon. What I find interesting is that Black Basta was not on here. Black Basta has been going bananas, um, and I thought they sure would be in here. Second thing that's worth uh, worth noting, and I'm probably biased because it supports something that I claimed, uh, in the threat briefing last week, last Thursday, there was a report that FIN7, or, or maybe it was Monday, I don't know, FIN7 is tied to clop ransomware and it may be like them in a different, you know a different outfit and i i pushed back and said like clop has been kind of messy um i don't think they to me they didn't really demonstrate fin7 behavior but if you know if the if the ttps are saying fin7 then whatever they talked here that um clop ransomware went down 98 percent right clop reduced their activity 98 does that sound like fin7 one of the most advanced uh banking cyber crime gangs no so anyways it just reinforces what i was thinking but who am i i'm just i'm just some nerd at a desk yelling at a monitor <laughs> so anyways keep keep that and uh the tl real the tl dr for real is you should check out this ncc group report there's definitely good stuff in there and i i haven't read it yet but based on everything i know
1: i bet you it's great Six's password sharing crackdown is here On Tuesday, Netflix revealed details about how its crackdown on password sharing will affect U.S. viewers. Netflix Standard Plan customers will have the option of adding one extra member who can use services outside their household for $7.99 extra per month. Netflix Premium Package subscribers can add up to two extra members, also for the same $7.99 fee per person. Subscribers to Basic or Standard with Ads plans won't have the option to add extra members. Starting Tuesday, U.S. subscribers who share the service outside of their household will get an email about the company's password sharing policies. Netflix said it uses IP addresses, device IDs, and account activity, but not GPS data to determine the physical customer devices. What? And that's...
0: Hold on one second. I got to hear that again.
1: Of their household will get an email about the company's password sharing policies. Netflix said it uses IP addresses, device IDs, and account activity but not GPS data to determine the physical location of customer devices.
0: Okay, I mean this has been a long time um going for Netflix, right? I mean, who doesn't share a Netflix account? Who doesn't share a um Amazon account? Now, a couple of things here. One, I get it. Netflix, you know, I feel like every I mean, it hasn't happened in a while, but like in 2021, 2022, I feel like I was getting an email from Netflix, like once a month. And it's like, we're increasing your, your bill by a dollar a month. But like, it was every month. So I think I pay like 20 bucks, 25 bucks a month right now, or something like that. Um, I didn't like it. It was a little bit of like sand in my bathing suit, uh, which, you know, (laughs) if you can imagine that's not comfortable. Um, but I like that Netflix is doing this. It's reasonable, right? Uh, to me, it's a reasonable business thing. Here's where I push back. I am a law-abiding, you know, I read the terms of service. I try to comply with them. I I I sleep well at night because I know I'm not doing anything kind of uh, on the fringe. Here's my thing. I'm cool with this, but I tell you what, if I am traveling, if I'm in Vegas at the end of the summer for Black Hat, and I want to watch, like, the, the great hack documentary on Netflix, and I get some type of paywall because it thinks I'm not me. Oh, you are going to see Spicy Jerry because I'm cool with it. But you know what? I pay for a family plan. I have four people in my family. They should be able to go on their device wherever they are, um, whether they're at my house, whether they're on a bus, whether they're on a plane, whether they're in the International Space Station. I don't care where they are. But they need to be able to do it without um, friction. So I hope Netflix has accounted for this. Not that I'm <laughs> not that I'm any great shake, and um, they need to appease me. But I I would argue that I'm a, probably a typical avatar, right? So they can they can base it on IP address and stuff like that, device ID. But if I get a new phone, if I drop my phone in a sewer for whatever reason, and I go get a new phone, and and I get blocked, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be mad. I also want to point out that Netflix is not one of the first apps I download. I also don't really watch Netflix on my phone, but you guys get what I'm saying. What I'm saying is I want a smooth, friction-free experience because you keep raising my rates monthly. And guess what, Netflix? There's other players in town, okay? Hulu's looking over your shoulder. Amazon Prime isn't isn't the best, but they're not terrible. Uh, We're not going to talk about uh, Paramount or the Peacock or any of these other, um, you know, second-tier services. But HBO Max is pretty good. Okay, enough. Enough, Jerry. All right, um, that's going to do it for the stream. Let me do this. We're right at 9 o'clock, so ran a few minutes over. But Worldwide Wednesday was totally worth it. Guys, if you were here just for the news, thanks so much for doing that and for setting a new record of 200, I think 289. Um, we almost hit 300, hit the like button on your way out. Remember this Thursday at 4.30 PM, uh, Gary Ruddle, who is a he's a YouTube content creator, he makes great content. Um, he is a cyber threat intelligence analyst and he went and got his OSCP in order to uh, be a better CTI. Analyst and we're gonna be talking about threat Intel. What is it? Why is an OSCP help you with that? Oh Crap, I've got a live stream dropping right. I am going to produce video. Oh my god. Okay. Hold on one second So if you want to catch a lot of oh my god this guy this guy Jerry So hey this video is premiering right now So (laughs) I'm going to drop the stream. Go check out this premiere. I'm a hot mess on fire. Here. I'm going to drop the stream. Thanks, everybody, for for being here. I'll see you over in the live stream. All the best. Be good, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Yeet!